This is the Public Speaker. Quick and dirty tips for improving your communication skills with your host, Lisa B. Marshall. Unfortunately, I think we all know a few tattletales, curmudgeons, know-it-alls, and whiners. These negative people are sometimes the people that we work with and live with. Today, Quick and Dirty Tips did deal with these difficult people, and it's part three of our series on how to deal with criticism. As I mentioned in the previous two parts of the series, Beth Beatler and I were talking about criticism and difficult people specifically, and we agreed that Terry Tattletale and Christopher Curmudgeon, Ned Know-It-All, and Wendy Weiner were some of the most difficult people to deal with. So in our final installment on how to handle criticism, we thought that we'd share specific and practical tips for dealing with these chronically negative people. So let's start with the tattletale. Terry Tattletale, she's the self-appointed police of the workplace. She spends most of her time talking about mistakes, mistakes made by her coworkers. Unfortunately, she'd rather tell other people than go directly to the person she's talking about. And it's mostly because she enjoys stirring up the controversy and the intrigue and the dissension among the coworkers. One response to her tattling about someone else is to simply ask, have you spoken directly to Sue about this? Chances are pretty high that she'll say no. So then you'll have the opportunity to say, well, then let's go talk to her together. At that point, the tattletale will probably find an excuse to depart the conversation or at least make a mental note not to tattle to you again. In some cases, though, in rare cases, she might care enough to agree with your suggestion. And really, any of those results will work. The problem comes about when you're the one that has the starring role in the stories of the tattletale. And it can cause an enormous amount of stress. So just keep in mind, any conversation that you have or any mistakes, they are the tattletale's ammunition. So the best thing you can do is just limit your interactions with that person. Limit it to the essential and professional conversations and keep them brief, brief, brief. Of course, you'll never want to pass along any problems or personal information that you have about other people. And if for some reason your boss asks you to explain something the tattletale told her, you can simply say, I don't remember it happening that way. And then you should explain from your own perspective. So next, let's talk about the curmudgeon. Christopher Curmudgeon. He's the bad-tempered, cranky guy. So he may have had circumstances in his life that caused him to behave this way, or maybe he's just predisposed to being impatient, rude, and unhappy. Just like the tattletale, try to limit your interactions with this type of person. Or maybe, if it's possible, just overlook the cranky attitude. I know I often will say to myself, oh, he must be having just a bad day. Another approach and only if it's appropriate, is to try to lighten the situation with humor. Well, I'm glad you're not the one that signs my paycheck. The bottom line is, you can't change the other person. So if a curmudgeon attacks you, the best way to respond is to let him say what he wants to say and assume that crankiness has nothing to do with you. The key is, is to not emotionally react, but instead calmly respond. And a good way to respond is to paraphrase what you just heard using neutral language. So, for example, you might say something like, 
It sounds like you disagree with my method of approach. Many times, the curmudgeon simply just wants to be heard, and the paraphrased response might just be enough to defuse the situation. But if not, ideally, the next step is to find something that you can agree on. It seems we both agree that the goal is. You can then decide, decide whether or not you want to follow that statement with your own point of view. If you're in front of others, it's probably likely that you do want to respond. And to do that, you should clarify your position directly and calmly, of course, to the other people that are present. I chose this method because blah 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 blah. If other people aren't there and persuading the curmudgeon would have no benefit, then maybe it's best just to simply end the conversation. You could say something like, "I suppose we'll just have to agree to disagree." Next, the know-it-all, Ned Know-it-all. He's somebody who prides himself on the vast knowledge of a variety of subjects, and indeed, he could be smart, or perhaps he's just a storehouse of useless or incorrect trivia. Regardless, he has a hard time participating in conversations without appearing to be a show-off. Remember the bar know-it-all character Cliff Clavin from the television show Cheers? I found the best way to deal with a know-it-all is to assume a Curious subordinate role. Interact by asking how or what questions. So you want to tap into their knowledge, and that's a good approach because it feeds the ego of the know-it-all, and potentially it allows them to change their position or their point of view as they're explaining something to you. And I always try to avoid the why questions because I think that's perceived as a challenge. Remember to always thank a know-it-all. Thank him for his contribution, because the know-it-all I think is desperate for respect, and if you give him some, he may be less inclined to work for it through bragging and attention-getting techniques. Like the others, I think that avoiding this type of person is useful, but sometimes that's not possible. So, if necessary, you might consider trying to find a neutral third party who acts as a buffer between you and the know-it-all. That way, at least you won't have to deal with him directly. Similar to the curmudgeon, Wendy Weiner is never happy. The difference is she finds specific things to whine about, where the curmudgeon may be cranky in general. The whiner tends to look at the pessimistic side of things. You know, the glass is half empty types. Let's face it, we all whine now and again because it feels good. Do I have to write another podcast episode already? When my kids whine. I like to make a game of it. I exaggerate what they're saying, and I paint an over-the-top picture of doom and gloom. Oh my gosh! You have nothing to do, no books to read, no friends to play with, no toys or games in the basement, no backyard to run around in, no crafts to make. Oh gosh! You have nothing to do. Maybe you'd like to do some chores or more homework. At this point, they usually will start laughing, and they realize. That it's pointless to whine. The approach I use with my dad when he's whining about doing his physical therapy is to offer a reward. Yesterday, in fact, I brought over Philadelphia soft pretzels and told my dad that he would get them after each set of exercises. And of course, my dad, the negotiator, says that's great, but I'd like some ice cream too, please. So the general idea is to come up with rewards so that you can cut down on the whining. With my kids, I use a star system. 
So if my kids are whining, I'll tell them, if you continue whining, I'm going to take away a star. And on the other hand, if they do a chore without whining or without me asking, I give them a star. Then, of course, they collect the stars to earn prizes. I just keep a small box of party favors as prizes. Another good approach is to just ignore the whiner. I think that when whining doesn't get attention, often it just goes away. Sometimes, though, somebody whines because that's how they ask for support. In this case, I think listening and offering empathy can go a long way. But it's also important to guide the whiner to take action to solve the problem. Sometimes when my girls come down for breakfast and they're still in their pajamas, they'll say, I'm cold. And my response is always, yes, I can see you're cold. How do you solve that problem? Then they smile and they run back upstairs and they get their robes. So there you have it, some quick and dirty tips to handle Terry Tattletale and Christopher Curmudgeon, Ned Know-It-All and Wendy the Whiner. This is the public speaker, Lisa B. Marshall. With Beth Butler this week. Passionate about communication, your success is our business. I have to say, I really enjoyed co-writing this three-part series with Beth. You can find links to Beth Butler's website in the show notes. If you have an idea for a topic and you think you might like to co-write an episode with me, send me an email and include a sample of your writing. I really would like to work with some more of the listeners because I thought it was really fun. Thanks, Beth. There's still time to enter the contest. That's your favorite episode contest. In fact, come on, what are you waiting for? If you enjoy this program, why not enter? It's easy. You just need to make a post on the Facebook fan page, or you can tweet about your favorite episode. And that's it. You're entered. I'll be giving away several copies of my ebook, Ace Your Interview. And apparently, I've gotten lots of feedback from people who purchased the book, and they said that even though they weren't interviewing, they still found the book extremely helpful. So, in fact, I've been surprised about the number of people that have written me saying exactly that. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead, enter the contest. Thanks. If you have questions about how to communicate better at work, leave a voicemail at 206-350-7970 or email publicspeaker at quickanddirtytips.com. Sign up for Lisa's newsletter or get information about speeches and workshops by visiting lisabmarshall.com. You can find a transcript of this show and links to connect with Lisa at publicspeaker.quickanddirtytips.com. <laughs>